live Sunday nights. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I've traveled, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been to Reno, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Want to remind you, you can always listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS radio. You'll find podcast links to all our previous episodes there. And make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook page. And follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show Well, Johnny Cash, I've been everywhere. Speaking of someone who's been everywhere, joining us now is the senior senator from Kansas who spends more time crisscrossing Kansas than Santa Claus on Christmas Eve. Senator Moran, thank you for joining us this evening. John, thank you. I was smiling as I was listening to Johnny Cash, thinking, (laughs) oh, this might apply to me. And I appreciate the the people who have had uh, conversations with me and telling me what's on their mind. And I have been... Lots of places in the last few weeks from Kansas City to Sharon Springs. Uh, I, I know. It's, it's been good. I, I watch your Facebook feed, and it, it I'm always amazed how many town halls. And it's a, it's a credit to you that you still, going back from your days in Congress, and now even though, you know, even when you were the, the Senate, what is it, the RSCC or, you know, the, the – yep. You were still yeah, Republican senatorial campaign committee chair. Thank you. Even when you were doing that, you were still coming back to Kansas and well, doing your I town halls. I was worried so. that people would think I'd uh, forgotten them <laughs> while I had a uh, an opportunity, a noble calling to try to get Harry Reid to no longer be the majority leader of the Kansas Senate. Incidentally, that would be a good outcome in the November election if Amen. Chuck Schumer was no longer the majority leader of the Kansas Senate. Amen, for sure. Um, I know we only have you for a limited amount of time, um, so I want to get to some key things. You were on a uh, on a phone call, one of a select number of senators who were on a call yesterday with President Zelensky of Ukraine. You tweeted out uh, after the call, and by the way, I, I also follow you on Twitter. If folks are interested, it's at Jerry Moran on Twitter. But you you tweeted out after the call that he requested more defensive assistance and that the U.S. embargo all Russian oil. Um, how is President Zelensky? What were your what was your take from that phone call? Well, John, uh, I I was so impressed uh, with his demeanor, the way he carried himself. I mean, he was uh, he carried himself in a way that was very humble and very grateful to the people of the United States of America, to to NATO countries, to the world for their response. He has lots of uh, reasons to be, you know, angry, and it, it it and he he's clearly put the burden. Uh, where it belonged, this thug Putin who has invaded a neighboring country. Uh, and he was, Zelensky was grateful for the response to the world. You're, you're right, he had some, some additional requests, but he, he went out of his way to make certain that we knew on behalf of the American people that he was grateful for uh, United States support. A couple of requests, I mean, he is asking for uh, MiG aircraft, Soviet-era aircraft that are now uh, in Poland, to be made available to him so his pilots can fly and protect Ukrainians from the sky. 
I assume he would rather have, uh, you know, NATO or American airplanes and, and pilots. And that, I think, has been taken off the table by by European countries and President Biden. But in the absence of that, will give us the tools and we will continue to fight Putin and the Russians who've invaded our country. He also asked, as you said, that oil, uh, Senator Marshall and I have been at this since the beginning of this war in Ukraine of trying to make it clear that we are not going to finance Putin uh, for his aggression so he can better accomplish what he's trying to accomplish in Ukraine. And there's a side note to that. This isn't what Zelensky said, but there is an apparent belief that we would have higher prices at the pump. Uh, Whether that's true or not, in large part, would be determined by whether or not uh, we unleash the capabilities of American oil and gas industry to explore and develop more. And of course, this administration has been opposed to fossil fuels and at every step of the way since they took office, been trying to uh, eliminate, reduce their their use. And there are people who would have uh, potentially higher gas prices, but I'd also highlight for our listeners, that we are asking American men and women in our military to take significant risks by being in Europe to protect NATO countries. We have Fort Riley soldiers there now. Uh, Their tours of duties have been extended. And how tragic it would be is that we have funded uh, a Russian economy to fight in Ukraine that might result in disaster for American men and women in uniform. So, we're all over that. He asked that the credit card companies quit doing business transactions in Russia. I saw that both um, uh, Visa and MasterCard announced that over the weekend, that they were stopping their, their transactions. And so it was, um, it was a very valuable conversation, one, seeing the leadership and commitment to a country by this leader, Zelensky, and two, a bit of the shopping list for how you could help us uh, further uh, protect the Ukrainian people. You know, Jerry, the, the average price for gasoline in the United States hit $4 a gallon today. Um, you know, banning Russian imports might exasperate that, but I, I think you're right. Domestic petroleum producers could easily negate any need for Russian oil if we just increased our own production, if we just, you know, let the get the government out of the way and let Americans do what Americans will do. Uh, is the administration at all willing to consider that? I mean, reopen a pipeline, if nothing else. We certainly have been in, encouraging, insisting, demanding that uh, the Keystone Pipeline to get oil from Canada to our refineries. Uh, again, we were offering to Europe a few weeks ago, the help should Russia shut off their natural gas supplies. Uh, how how can we help them if we don't produce more ourselves? Right. And uh, my my impression is that Russian oil may be worth about three percent of the price at the pump. Already, we have high gas prices because of the Biden administration's opposition to more exploration and drilling, and the the, the steps they've taken to diminish the role. So far, all I've seen is that President Biden says that he's willing to increase the levels of support for solar and wind energy. I'm a all of the above guy. I'm happy to have energy developed that way, but that's not the solution to this problem. Yeah, and yeah. This, and in fact, changing our, our policy 
is not just in relationship to what's taking place in Ukraine. We shouldn't have the policies that this administration has put in place to begin with. No, completely agree. And nor is this a time to let Greta Thunberg be determining our, you know, our energy policy. Um, I, have you seen any indication? I, I don't think the American people have any interest at all in getting involved with the air, you know, air force or troops at all. Do you see any indication the administration might even consider that? I don't. I mean, it, it, it saddens me because um, Zelensky and, and the Ukrainians are so outnumbered. It uh, in, in equipment, but in personnel, I think the president was telling us that, you know, for every one soldier that Ukraine has, there's 15 Russians kind of thing. Wow. And uh, again, it saddens me because the, the, the disaster that has and is developing in Ukraine is a result of Russian behavior. Uh, and But on the other hand, America, United States, getting involved in a war in Europe, if there are those who should be fighting this war, in my view, it's the Europeans uh, should be helping more. But they've made, we've made progress in getting them to be more interested in defending their countries and supporting the military capabilities of their nations. But I can't let us, I mean, I want to make sure we don't take our eye off China. Who would, who would love for the United States to be involved in a war in Europe? but our perhaps greatest adversary, China. And um, we have to be very cautious that we don't get ourselves in a two-front circumstance. And so it, what's, what's transpiring saddens me in Ukraine, but the capabilities of the United States to police the world have to be limited. We can't be all things to all people. And we do have treaty obligations under NATO to defend any NATO country. Here's the frightening thing to me, John. I, I don't think there, I, there, there's, I have no level of comfort in believing that Putin will be done if he is successful in Ukraine. Uh, and done meaning where will he go next? And it is important for us to make sure that we help the Ukrainian people preserve their freedom and liberty and that they also inflict as much pain and damage on Putin and Russia as possible. Uh, with ours and NATO, European and world help. But the idea that Putin's troops would would use missiles and launched against a nuclear reactor tells me that uh, the rumors that Putin is not only evil but deranged, uh, irrational, uh, is true. And the concerns that uh, what happens next after if there is success in Ukraine uh, is something for all of us to be wary and fearful of. Certainly. Uh, we're, we're talking with Senator Jerry Moran. Senator, we just talked with Gates McGavick from the Republican National Committee about uh, President Biden's speech on, on Tuesday. I, I imagine you were there. Uh, what'd you think? Was it as riveting as uh, in person as it, was, as it was on television? Well, John, I have to admit that my that I was offered the uh, senators were offered the opportunity. Uh, I mean, I, I certainly would attend a State of the Union address, regardless of of who, whether it's a Republican or Democrat president. Uh, I would treat a president uh, speech and remarks with respect. Uh, but uh, the suggestion was that we need some senators to um, 
be out of the chamber. As you saw, the House chamber was not filled, was not packed uh, because of COVID. And I took uh, that offer and watched the speech like most Americans did on the television in my office. And uh, it was it was not riveting uh, <laughs> at, at, at all. Uh, but, I mean, it was really a repeat of Build Back Better, yeah. uh, which we heard previously. Yeah, it, it, without a doubt. He just never called it Build Back Better. He tried to dance around that because that thank you to the Senate, uh, that bill seems to be to be dying. Um, with the limited time that I have left with you, I want to ask you a little bit about some of the things that have been going on in the Senate. I, I, you know, Chuck Schumer's trying to cram through radical pro-abortion stuff. Fortunately, you've had help from unlikely allies with Senators Manchin and Cinema on some of these things. But I've just been sort of surprised with the way things have been going through the Senate lately. Uh, thank goodness that we have you there, because without it, the House would just be running roughshod. Well, this is another uh, explanation for why the 60-vote rule, the so-called oh, yeah. filibuster, is important. And thankfully, Senator Sinema and Senator Manchin prevented the rules from being changed to eliminate that uh, provision. One, it, it, it helps us pull together a, a bill that passes with 60 votes means that there is some effort to find a common ground and to work together to get a solution to a problem, means that we don't change the laws every two years after an election. But most importantly, it allows for us to defend against bad ideas. It's the purpose of it. Uh, Someone uh, who has a different point of view than the majority ought to have in the United States Senate the chance, the ability to make the case uh, and that happens when we have a requirement of 60 votes. So that was a, a significantly uh, successful effort, thanks to a couple of Democrats. And um, you're, you're right. Uh, it is a uh, challenging place in the United States Senate when apparently so many people. Um, although, let me say this. I think there are many people who voted for President Biden who didn't expect this to be the outcome. No, he didn't run this way. Bipartisanship, uh, his wanting to move to the center. Those things haven't happened. And yet that, I think, was what some people who voted for Biden were was looking for. So I think there's a political price to be paid for the president not following his own campaign promises once in office. Uh, You're absolutely right. He certainly didn't campaign this far left. He's been drugged that way, I think, by that side of the, their party. Um, and I think they're going to see co- the consequences of that in the you know November elections. I sure hope so. Any idea? I mean, you've been part of the National you know Republican Senatorial Campaign Committee. Any prediction for what we could see for Republican gains in the Senate? Well, John, I, I have my own race to run uh, uh, in true. 2022, but I do hope that uh, and I, I've already doing uh, some of this, supporting Republican candidates across the country, some incumbents, some who are challenging Democrats uh, and trying to raise money and uh, encourage their success. Uh, I think the House of Representatives is highly likely to be a, a Republican majority, excuse me, and uh, that the Senate, I'm, I would think based upon the environment, the the far left path that this administration has taken, 
and the center of America is still a center. I think center-right com- com- country. I think you'll see a majority of uh, one or two Republican senators more than Democratic senators, and we'll be back in a position uh, of, of, again, being in that majority and, and hopefully then utilizing that not only to stop bad things from happening, but to try to get some of the things off the books that have occurred over the last, really, decades that are very damaging to the country. Well, your lips to uh, to God's ears, my friend. Will you, uh, will we see you this weekend here in Wichita for the state convention? I plan on being there on Friday, and then as I just was talking about, uh, I will. Uh, I promised long before the state convention was set in stone, the date, uh, to be uh, at, at an event raising some money for my uh, some Republican colleagues. So I'm, I'm in and out uh, uh, of Wichita. I was in Wichita this weekend visiting with uh, the folks uh, that were taking training and knocking on doors for value them both. Yep. The and uh, yep, it was it was a, a, a good opportunity to see some inspiration. Well, you know, like I said, there's a reason I played that music for you. I knew it would be an appropriate intro. You mentioned your own race, um, and I, I I know you also, if folks are interested and want legislative updates, they want information for you, they've got the website. Give us the best way for folks to reach out to you. Well, I would say go to the website, and there's the opportunity there to send me an email. I mean, I, I welcome a phone call. I welcome a, a handwritten letter. Uh, and certainly maybe the best way is to catch me on a street corner or at a town hall meeting uh, at a Rotary Club or a Lions Club or in a school or a factory. But uh, email is the is the way that people seem to be communicating the most, and that uh, can be done just by Googling Senator Jerry Moran, yep. and it'll take you to our website, and it'll take you to an email address. Well, and, and moran.senate.gov if folks are interested, and again, it's at Jerry Moran on Twitter. Senator, it's always a pleasure. Please say hello to Raba for me if you'll give her my best, and, and hopefully we'll see you Friday night, my friend. All right. I appreciate you. Thank you for the opportunity to join you and our listeners. Thanks, Jerry. We'll take a quick break, and then I want to hear from you. Our phones are open, 316-869-1330. Give us a call. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk.